Hello, hello again, guys. Hi. Yeah. Sorry, I was running late. Okay. But uh, I had a, had a really good point. So I, I was going to say, like, um, we talked about, you know, a lot of stuff with the, the podcast last week. And I did the other one with some guys from I used to work with and some guys I do work with. And, um, you know, we talked about how we both, you know, like the, the original, not the original, the prequel story. I actually think it wouldn't have been so bad if you spent more time on two and three with like, um, with like, spread out the arc of, um, of like, Vader turning to the dark side, as opposed to just doing it in three, have that in both two and three, because the one complaint he said is like, there's not a lot of on camera time, um, or where you get to really know Vader in the original trilogy, which is kind of true a little bit. Yeah, I agreed with, I think someone said that they should have combined one and two into like one movie and then spread that out over two and three. I, I actually agreed with that. I thought like that transition was real quick. Um, but yeah. then again, I don't think there's a ton of depth to Vader. Like once he turns to the dark side, like I'm, I, I don't know if there's like a movie's worth of like content to explore in my opinion. Like I feel like we all know him pretty well. But maybe that was his point, though, that we don't, and we could. Abby, have you done a lot, of, read a lot of fan fiction and 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 backstory about Vader? Or are you about to tell us that there's like? No, no. Um, the only um, books that I've read of Star Wars are there's a Timothy Zahn uh, trilogy, and it doesn't talk about Vader at all. Basically, um, it's after he's gone. So, uh, I, I mean, I love Vader. I I just I I don't know if I can pinpoint what about the prequels. I agree one and two could have been shortened into one movie. I think they did that on purpose because Natalie Portman had to have the hots for a kid who was just six in the first one. So they like had to spread it out. <laughs> uh, it's just, I don't know. It, it would have been fine. The writing, the acting, the overuse of CG and CGI or whatever. Just, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's a good segue into, into Myra coming to the light side. <laughs> and um, I think a movie that has limited CGI, which we all now love, all of us, not just me and Gabby, is Rogue One. Um, my I didn't, one back I didn't see the other ones. I didn't realize that you hadn't seen the first, like the original. Yet. So that like I saw Rogue One when it came out, like in the theater, but I haven't seen all the other movies at the time. So like, it's the same thing that happened this time. Like it didn't really hit me because I didn't understand like the context overall. Um, and the most recent time, like the second time I watched it was in order. So I, you know, that comes before, you know, A New Hope and all that kind of stuff. So I hadn't yet gotten to it. So this, it was much better, much better. Makes, makes much more sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you realized that. But <laughs> I think we all realized a little bit more how, how bad Rise of Skywalker is, unfortunately. Did, Gabby, did you watch it again yet? Uh, I only got to watch part of it. My kid ended up having a fit. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I, I watched it recently. I think before we talked last time, and it was uh, I, I still love it. It's definitely um, doing some fan service. Like everybody gets their ending, but again, that's just Star Wars. That's what's to love about it, though. That's yeah. that's what makes it. That's what makes it so enjoyable. Is that you know yeah. a happy it's ending. What it needs to be, but it's still yeah. Star Wars. Like it's, it doesn't have to be super dark or whatever and everyone can be happy and it feels good so i don't know that's it's why like I someone somebody said um in the other podcast like it's like pizza it's like even when it's bad it's good like, right. yeah. you know like yeah you ever really be bad you know like in the grand cinema i did watch i did watch last jedi and rise of skywalker back to back so i i, I do think last jedi is 
better movie. Um, I think Rise of Skywalker, like it's 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 too much fan service to me. It's like it's like a soft reboot of the Last Jedi. Like, oh, we're gonna fix this, but it's not it's not, it's not done any better. And um, I have a really really good way to fix Rise of Skywalker that I want to talk to you guys about. But but in comparison to the Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, how do you how do you feel because I, I went back and watched the last jedi and it wasn't that bad like um the casino scene really annoyed me the first time and i, I still don't love um miso del toro's character but uh, I, I like how they talked about the difference between the like the thin line between the good side like the good and evil and i didn't realize that there's a kid at the end of um one from the casino town that um you know that has force powers i missed that initially which kind of like pulls it together, like, oh, why did they go there? Oh, they went there to explain this whole relation between good it's and evil. A big evil. moment in the last like three seconds of the movie, so it's, yeah. you're not if you blink, you miss it, and it's it it, it creates a, a whole new level to that movie, which I don't know if I like or not. <laughs> the idea of like anyone having the force, I, I don't know, because I, I don't know, I don't know. It feels <laughs> I mean, sacred to me, so it's hard yeah. to go like when you go completely in a different way. Uh, on your own I, I appreciate and respect the vision but it just it felt way too far off base no i can see that but it is better than i remember although i was enjoying it and enjoying it until they got to the uh general lay organa kind of floating through space like that just, oh yeah that's a bad scene oh so bad <laughs> it's so bad i just I, i'm like oh that's why i was kind of like with this movie when i saw it in the theater and yeah. And I didn't hate it. It's just yeah. it really depended on where they went. With, for me personally, with Ray's lineage, and they did find like the third one explains it, and I, I, I enjoyed it. I, yeah. it was better the third time. <laughs> I, I like the whole the whole concept. Because, well, this is the whole thing, right? If you, and, and this this goes back to the point I might the issue I might have, right? So if this is going to be like the, the this trilogy, and there's going to be a new trilogy, right? Where do you go if you've narrowed your universe and said that um, the force powers are only really limited to people that have, you know, like this this great lineage? Like either you're a, you're a, a Palpatine or a Skywalker. How do you go? Where do you go with that? Like Kenobi, which is what I was hoping Ray was going to be, but that's a whole other. <laughs> that's a I like that. That would have been better. I I understood why they went where they did because they have to show that anyone can be pulled over to the dark side that it is a very gray area like you said in last jedi both sides were using the smugglers for things so it wasn't just the bad guys and the lines get blurry and i think that you can draw that in parallels in everyday life but um i i don't know i do have a good way to fix rise of skywalker that i want to talk to you about both of you about so i'm all about diversity inclusion as a minority like both of you um, but I don't like how they sideline Rose's character, especially after watching The Last Jedi, even if you didn't like her character. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it, once again, it goes back to, like, that, that arc, right? She was very gun-ho, especially after her sister died, about helping. Then she's like, oh, I'm going to stay back and help, help General Leia. Like, eh, doesn't really make a lot of sense. And then you bring in a new cl- character. I'm happy to see a black woman there as a love interest, or I don't, it was kind of a weird interest. With um, with Finn's character, so this is the theory. This is the idea I have, right? If you're going to bring in a new character who's ultimately going to be gone after this trilogy, right? Why not make her just more awesome? 
So we talk about the issue of, um, of Adam Driver not really having a story arc. You bring in Palpatine, it causes some issues, right? Why don't you have that, that black female character be a Sith apprentice for Adam Driver? So she's an apprentice for Adam Driver. They're both on this, he's on this crusade to find, um, you know, because I felt like at the, end of the, at the end of the Last Jedi, right, is essentially they, they've, they have their resistance on the run, right? Why do you need to go and, like, she, like, they, like Ray says, why do you need to go and serve another master? But I think in the same way that Ray was going and trying to communicate with all the Jedi, I think you could even have done something similar, having Adam Driver's character, Kylo Ren, trying to go and learn more, find his ultimate power through the Sith, but still for him to become a Sith master, a Sith Lord. And then you have um, that, that black female character, and I'm sure both of you, I think, can easily understand how a woman, you know, especially a woman of color, could easily become a Sith Lord. <laughs> I, think, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of good dynamics there. I think it's very relatable. But then um, essentially, you know, I, I really like the scene where, um, you know, uh, it, it felt weird in the way they constructed it, but I really like the scene where um, Kylo Ren almost kills Rey, and then um, Leia communicates with him through the Force. He stops. He stabs. Rey stabs him, um, and then and then uses the Force powers on to heal him. And then you have Han Solo. But I felt like it felt that scene felt too early in the movie. Like if you move that towards the end, and as part of his arc, like the rise of Skywalker's essentially like Kylo Ren's ascension to to the dark side him becoming, trying to become a Sith Lord. And then he's training this young apprentice. And then you have that scene um, and then kind of the, 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 the black female apprentice feels like he's abandoning her. She rises ascension to the, to, the, to the Sith Lord. And then he has to intervene and stop her or whatever. But that way you see more of a real arc of of Kylo Ren and Adam Driver, and you, you, you have a great actor like that, so utilize him. And then kind of the, if you're gonna use the tag Rise of Skywalker, it would be him ascending to, to power and then realizing that, you know, moving, coming back to the light side, and then, you know, like there's build up the love interest between him and Ray, because watching again, I'm like, I, I thought like you, Gabby, I'm like, no, 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 they're gonna kiss again and it's so hollow. Like, I don't feel invested in, like, their no. romance at all. No. Mm-hmm. They were like cousins. It's just bizarre. Yeah. So yeah. that is like my, so that is my, my, how I fix Rise of Skywalker. What do you guys think? I think you should write some fan fiction. You have some fans. <laughs> so, oh, I think you put a lot of thought in that. No, <laughs> no I hear you. I think her name is Jenna. I want to, I don't want to be disrespectful. Jenna. I really liked yep. her, right? I liked her character Jenna. a lot. Um, I can't speak as to why they got, why they stopped using Rose in the third one. It was funny because when I first watched, like when I saw it in the theater, I'm like, oh no, she was in there. And then I rewatched it at home. I'm like, yeah, they really cut her out. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, Princess Leia or Leia um, dying with the Force Ghost stuff so early in the third one. I'm curious if that has anything to do with like when she died, if it was like a timing thing. I mean, they could have stretched certain scenes, I'm sure, but. Maybe I don't know. Um, I thought it was a little early too. Yeah. 
it's a good scene. Like it, it's really profound, and but it's it's it seems too early in the grand scheme of the movie. Yeah, that that seems like it would be more of a. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they just wanted to make sure that everybody was paying attention in the middle of the movie as well as at the end. I don't know. Well, um, Sunday is Mother's Day, so uh, I wanted to kind of like talk a little bit more um, just about about why I think both of you guys are awesome. Um, you know, obviously you love science fiction and, and, and things like that and just have a lot of really cool interest. But I wanted to like bring this back to, to just recognizing diversity and inclusion, which is something like the goal of mine, especially with, with projects like these, you know, finding cool ways to recognize people that I think are cool. Um, so I wanted to have, you know, each of you kind of talk about, um, you know, like obviously, you know, being mothers, but also I think I've known you guys before you were mothers. I actually like feel weird like putting, I, I put like first names and last names in my phone. So I really wanted to put like the last names that I know you as. I'm like, I don't know this. I don't know Myra Chappas. I know Myra Thompson. I don't know, I don't know Gabby, Gabby Cumberbatch. I know Gabby Powell. So, but. It seems like so long ago. I yeah. know, I know. There's only, it's 20 year anniversaries coming up. Yeah. yeah. We are next old. Next year. Yeah, next year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, do they do those anymore? Like, do they do like reunions or anything? Or? Well, they, they do. I'm assuming that the people that are um, running it yeah. don't watch it. <laughs> they, they've attempted, and I feel like it's too expensive. Like, the last time they tried, like, how much it costs to go was like, no one would like buying tickets because it was like a hundred dollars or something crazy you know and like the like cash bar who was the cash bar like yeah yeah, yeah. i didn't get that far i was, I was looking into it. i know they did like an impromptu something i think at fire orders and uh, i was thinking about right. going, it just didn't work oh, out fire waters. Oh. <laughs> yeah and uh yeah i don't i don't remember it just when you see everybody on facebook all the time like i feel like everybody doesn't feel like they haven't seen each other in 20 years yeah you don't lose touch yeah it's not the same I feel like I know more about, more. <laughs> and the people that I was friends with in high school, like, uh, I, I hope they're doing well, but I, I yeah. talked to Nikki Ulick still, and that's not even that often, because life just yeah. gets away, but, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so in 20 years, like, it's been, we're old, um, in 20 years, how, how have you guys changed? Um, I know, I know I know a little bit about your jobs, but talk a little bit more about, you know, what you guys are doing these days, um, you know, motherhood um and just just you know how you both changed and, and evolved over over the years um us being from south jersey and maybe realizing that south jersey is like the deep south that is a lot of content in one question you want me to go first yeah i'll go first um i still feel like i'm in high school if i'm honest most days like i don't feel like we're as old as we are like we're pushing we're starting to get towards like 40 and I'm like you know when you're younger you think 40 is like you know like the end of life and then the closer you get to it and you're like we're still kids inside all of us um it feels like that especially having having kids having teenagers now which is creepy like I I I don't know I feel like I don't the way I looked at my parents when I was my kid's age is is I think about my kids looking at me like that and I'm like, no, like, <laughs> no, you know, like it's just, it's weird. It's weird. And especially for me, you know, I have a lot of kids and they're like a range of age. So the difficulty for me in parenting is that 
the way you parent a, you know, a three-year-old is not the same as a 14-year-old, which isn't the same as a six-year-old, you know, like it's, it's, it's a different approach you have to take with each child. And it's hard to like manage all that at once because it's just a lot. Like it's just, you have to recognize the need, like each, not only like the need age, but like each kid's different. Like all my kids can be more different. So like each one needs something different developmentally and you know emotionally and like I just uh, that's it's a lot of stuff to contain in like one person um so that's what I do with my life all day is just you know cry in the corner um when no one's asking for a snack <laughs> just like all, I only have one <laughs> which is all the time um no but um it's tough like I work full-time um I work from home you know even during non-quarantine time I work from home so um this time right now kind of sucks because everyone's here too so like trying to still work you know I'm a supervisor at my job um so trying to still work and like having all that background noise is yeah not not fun um Job-wise, I work for um, an agency that partners with um, the Division of Developmental Disabilities, which is a state um, division that caters to individuals with um, intellectual and physical disabilities. Um, we help manage um, their support needs, uh, coordinate, manage their support needs. Um, so I've been doing that for about two, almost two and a half years now. Um, I'm a supervisor now. It's a great job. Um, I like I said, I get to work from home. You know, sometimes usually we're out and about, you know, for meetings and things. Um, but from the most part, we work from home, which is works really well with my the rest of my life, um, with having you know a whole gaggle of children. Um, so that's part that was part of the the allure of the job when I got into it because um, I had a baby at the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I things things have. Uh, you know, changed quickly, that's for sure. Um, you know, I got pregnant the summer after I um, finished college. So like, there was no um, kind of downtime between, you know, being a student and an adolescent and, you know, a young adult to being a mom. Um, it was like, you know, right there. And then, you know, when I had Miles, you know, who was, you know, severely disabled, um, that obviously, you know, made me grow up real quick you know I had a lot of responsibility um probably more than most people have at that at that age um so I, I grew I feel like I grew I feel like I'm too mature like it's hard I don't know how to have fun with my kids sometimes because I'm constantly worried about like all the things that need doing you know um and there's always you know so many things that need doing that it can be hard to just stop and just like treat them like children you know and and, and have fun and play and stuff like that um I wasn't that kind of kid to begin with you know, like I wasn't the one out, you know, get, doing dress up and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I, I wasn't like that. I was serious as a kid too. So um, it makes sense. But I feel like if you, um, you know, it goes by so quick. It really does. Um, and having a kid that's already, you know, passed away at 10 is like, it, it's a big reminder of how quickly it, it really goes. You know, 10 years is sounds like a lot when you're talking about something but when you're talking about your kids it's like you know it's like a Thanos snap you know it's so quick and um so I've I've had to learn in the last year especially to just like slow down and like take a step back and just enjoy it and that like not everything is the end of the world and you know like 
they skip that day, you know, they're just dirty for a day, like it's fine, you know, like. And that's but, really, yeah. hard. it's hard to let that kind of stuff go because uh, when you're a mom, whether whatever the age is or however long you're doing it or how many kids you have, you are their means of survival and, and they're your responsibility and that's that. So when you skip bath day, it's like, okay, okay, bath day, but you kind of, you, you figure it out. It's just, it's just a matter of breathing and, and just kind of sitting down, having time for yourself and I'm grateful that I do have that kind of time. Um, it's not going to last. So I'm trying to be in the moment and be present and all that, whatever. <laughs> While I'm here with her, because I get to, I'm a stay at home mom. I don't have to work right now. Um, she's not in school yet. She starts in September. And it's, it, I'm, it's hard because we want to go out and do things all the time. And then with all this hitting now, it's hard to uh, be home all day, every day. My husband works from home. And so it's been about three and a half years with the kid, yeah, and him working from home around the same time. Um, we're sort of used to it, not much has changed, but there is definitely like a stir craziness going on. And it's not easy to entertain a three-year-old, especially my three-year-old who is like, she's just constantly on <laughs> all the time. She wakes up talking, she goes to bed talking. There's really just a lot of screaming in between. And she's happy and she's, She's whatever, but I mean, it's, it is emotionally draining with just one. Like all I want to do is sit down for two seconds and it just doesn't get to happen. <laughs> and usually I'm okay with it. Some days are better than others. Um, I know that she is awesome and I know that I'm doing an okay job because I'm doing an okay job. <laughs> she's, she's fine. <laughs> There's really, I, I try really hard not to keep up with the Joneses online. Um, I unfollowed every parenting page and mommy group and things like that because some of it's helpful and a lot of it isn't. And a lot of it, even if you don't realize you're doing it, um, subconsciously you find yourself feeling like, well, my kid isn't doing that yet. Or, well, my kid doesn't have that type of playroom. You know, like stupid little bullshit that don't matter. And, and it was, it's just, as soon as you don't see them anymore, it's just, it's out of sight, out of mind. Like, you don't have to worry about it. You know, I'll, my parents didn't have this when they were growing up. And that's one of the things that I'm really trying to stick with. Um, if they can, if they can do it, I can do it. It's not a big deal, you know, but, um, but again, some days are harder than others. And it's really a day-to-day -day thing. The weird thing, what Meyer said about feeling like you're still in high school it's hard to be the adult in every situation, like really hard because she'll say some shit and I, all I want to do is laugh and I can't. And that's, I mean, it's a funny problem to have, but it happens all the time. And you still have to be like the, uh, the disciplinarian while you're also laughing at what they're saying. And I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think I'm ever going to resolve that one. That's fine. But uh, yeah, that's like a personality thing. Yeah. I think that's just the way we <laughs> That's why my kids are, all my kids are smart asses, all of them. <laughs> it's just, it's, that's that gene that just runs through. But yeah. Um, I, th I think you mentioned something good about the parenting stuff and the parenting books and the guides and the pages. Uh, I guess, you know, as someone that getting more involvement in parenting and, you know, become a step parent one day, um, what would you go back and tell a younger version of yourself about parenting, about being a mother? So I didn't want to have kids when I was, before I got pregnant, I didn't want to have kids. And I told myself I, I wouldn't have kids, but I just wasn't like built like that, you know? Um, and then I had kids and of course that, that changed everything. Um, 
what I would tell myself is to not use my childhood experience as my kids childhood experience because I think that um, you know one thing we do a lot is we say well that's the way my parents did it so and I turned out okay kind of thing you know but my kids aren't me you know and so they, they require something different of me and I try not to um, as best I can um, it's a really it's a really hard like cycle to break as well um, it, it requires being you know really cognizant of how you are as a parent um, and it can it requires a lot of like in the moment like changing of your behavior um, but I try to just to just treat my kids like individuals and also let them be kids um, I think that a lot of times we force kids to kind of grow up sooner than they need to um, and I don't, I don't want I think that that creates a lot of things in the future um, that we all get to work out in therapy. So I try to like, you know, kind of nip that in the bud when I find myself hurting it. That's really hard. That's a problem that I have, uh, trying to like just her, let her be a kid without like automatically like, no, don't do that. Like, because you're gonna steal something or like, if it's a thing, who cares? Like, it's not a big deal. I'm trying to relax a little bit on those types of things and not have everything be like a meltdown on my end or hers. And uh, it's, a lot harder than I thought it would be. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. I think one of the things that's really, really difficult about um, parenthood, motherhood, you know, is is keeping who you are, like, with my next question. Yeah, like within like the, you know the the bigger world of being a mom, because I think a lot of moms um, don't know who they are besides being their kid's mom. You know, mm -hmm. like it's hard to still be an individual. Um, and have like personal goals that don't have anything to do with your kids, um, you know, because so much of your life, you know, revolves around, around them. Um, but I think it's important as well. Um, I think it helps to kind of fight off that fatigue that we feel about being moms or being, you know, like kind of unfulfilled in a way. Um, if we can kind of maintain, you know, personal, um, you know, interests, hobbies, goals, you know, other things. But without being selfish about doing that, because then you're not momming when you're doing that, and you know, um, I think that there's a lot of guilt that comes with that. Yeah, no, I agree, hundred percent. It's uh, it, it's funny because you know, I, I before I was a mom, I could be hard on myself, but it wasn't that big of a deal, and I don't think I've ever been harder on myself than since having Owen. Like just some of the like, and not and just unnecessary like irrational kind of things, like just really down on myself in general if I don't do a great job as a mom one day, and then it sort of trickles into just how I feel about myself about other things that have nothing to do with how I was a parent that day. And that's, that's it's hard to tell yourself like it's okay, like not a big deal because you're the one feeling it and you're the one that had the bad day, but um, it's, it's, it is hard to, to, for the guilt. It, the guilt part is much more excessive than I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> and the anxiety, but really just for my own personal, it's just, it's. It's hard, it's hard to get through, but it's, it's just a matter of pushing through it. It's, it's hard to explain. It's just, you just be, sort of becomes your groove one day and that's it. And that's just the life that you live. And I didn't think that was ever going to happen until one day I woke up and it just, I'm a mom. It's fine. That's how it goes. And it's weird to think back on that I'm anyone's mom, but uh, <laughs> it's just weird. Like, it's like, I'm like, wait, cause like you said, like you remember your mom at, the, at your age now and it's a totally different, like. I remember my mom when she was 
36 and it was doesn't feel like it was that long ago but it feels like it was forever ago it's just yeah, it's just yeah. Weird. I feel like I, I felt like my mom was not all that cool and I feel like my <laughs> you know because she was you know 36 37 whatever and, and I feel like my kids probably think that about me and inside I'm like fuck yeah I'm cool man like <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I mean, I know, you know, things are a lot different, you know, now than when our moms were our age. Um, just, you know, society, life is just different. Um, but I, I just, I remember, I, I've always thought of my parents as kind of being old, you know, even when they weren't. And now we're them. And I'm like, we're not old. Like, not yet. I feel like I still have another five years before I can start saying like officially. Like, I mean, like I feel like like fifty is like you don't even start saying you're old until you're like fifty. Like I don't know, like too soon. Yeah, no. And by the time we're fifty, our kids will be like you know in college, and that's just like that blows my mind as well. You know, I have you know um, two of my kids will be teenagers. I mean, freshmen next year. Like that's crazy to me. You know. Yeah, my sister has. Um, he was freshman this year he's gonna be 15 in june and it's just bizarre like yeah. i remember vividly being 15 years old <laughs> and knowing that he, and like whatever he's experiencing it's just it's just surreal because i was there the day he was born and it that's another it feels like it was forever ago but it feels like it was literally yesterday it's just very bizarre mm -hmm. yeah um no gabby you said something that, that i i've heard you know from my friends that are that are, that are moms um and I wanted to get a little bit of your perspective on it both and kind of use that as kind of a segue into some of the you know, stuff we were talking about, about maybe next episode and things that will come out in the future. But um, Gabby, you first kind of going from the position of being, you know, uh, you know working and then becoming a stay-at-home parent and then having that, that sense of guilt about whether or not you should go back out into the workplace. You know, I definitely heard, have heard of that. Um, talk a little bit about, more about that and still retaining like some of your identity, still finding things that motivate you. Um, and, you know, like, talk about that experience. You know, it was, it was easy going off on maternity leave, having the kid, and then about a couple months in, the lack of structure that you went from having, like, you know, eight to five, Monday through Friday was my job. Um, front office construction workplace, but um, executive assistant, paperwork, just did whatever. Not hard work, but it was still structured work. Went in, enjoyed my coworkers, and then to come out, be home all the time, basically wear sweatpants every day, no makeup, your sleep schedule is something that I can't even begin to explain, depending on the kid that you have and the kid I had. Same. Uh, just you become a, a walking meal. It's just a very, it's a very weird, abrupt transition in your life, and you can either not deal with it or deal with it. And I'm very grateful. I had my mom here for a few weeks with me, stayed at the house and was actually able to help me, which I think <laughs> just mentally, I think that helped me out a whole lot. Um, but you know, you get into the groove and I said it earlier, it just sort of starts clicking, but then you start realizing that you need to be doing something else, at least me. Like I'm not content just sitting here you know, even if, you know, we're playing and painting and doing coloring books and doing all that stuff, I mean, yeah, it's fun stuff, but I, I, I think more than that, um, not having a, a conversation with an adult for most of the day is way harder than I ever thought it would be. As soon as Brad comes downstairs from work at like six o'clock at night, like I just, like just in everything, <laughs> like, literally everything. And it's, uh, 
you try not to, and I see myself doing it and I can't stop myself because I just got to get all these, everything out that isn't to a three-year-old. And uh, he's wonderful and he takes it all in stride. <laughs> um, while trying to be present and trying to enjoy the time that I have there because I know it's not going to last the way that it is not having to work her not in school us being able to do whatever we want I think has made me a little lazy when it comes to any of my personal goals there are things that I want to do for myself things that I need to get motivated to do even just like working out and eating well for my own personal to writing more starting to write again um, things that I've wanted to do that I've kind of put off that I'm starting to think if I'm not doing it now when no one's really allowed to leave the house, then I'm never going to do it. And then I'm going to start working in a couple years again. And it's, it's, I'm not going to have time then. So if I don't sit down and do it now, so I've been trying and it's been okay. It's just a process. And, um, but, but even if it's just as something that no one ever reads and it's just like my own personal journal, at least I sat down and did something that didn't involve wiping a butt or feeding a meal to a child, you know, something different, but that's all very preliminary. But, um, yeah, it, uh, it's, it's, I can't wait to go back to work. And I feel like, a, I kind of feel like a bit of an asshole saying that, like I don't enjoy my kid, but uh, I can't wait to go back to work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there has to be a balance, like, you yeah. know, even with, with, you know, even people who work and have, like my, you know, I'm, my kids are home now because we're quarantined. I'm like, why, why isn't school opening? Like, don't they know what we're going through? Like, can we, you know, like, it's just, you're not meant to like spend all day, every day with like, I'm not, I put that out. I'm not meant to spend all day, every day with any person, like other than myself. Like, A lot of people are finding that about themselves now. Yeah, that's just how I roll. Like me alone is fine, but like, I just, it's a lot. So I wouldn't, don't feel bad that like you're ready for like a change in your life or it doesn't, you know, doesn't mean you love your kid any less or, you know, anything, you know, she's, I don't want to say she's not going to miss you, but like, she's going to be experiencing, you know, all these new things in her life when she started going to school and she, you know, she's going to be super excited. Um, and that's all part of her development, you know, as a person and you can continue your development as a person, too, you know, with writing and all that other stuff that kind of, you know, propels you forward as an individual, you know. It's freaking hard. I used to write all the time when I was younger and, and like actually to put in on, I can, I love reading and I appreciate, I was an English major, like lit major, and I've been reading a whole lot and it's, uh, it's, I'm good at critiquing it. And then when you sit down to try to write down your own ideas. It's oh, so I hear you. As someone who, who writes too, and I know exactly how you feel. And I'm in the same boat where like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to publish again this year and I'm like, I have this all the time now, you know, we're home. I don't have to run out to any meetings. And it's like, it's hard to, to, to be in that groove or to, you know, be in that mindset, you know, because there's always other things that you can do yeah. um, that seem more important sometimes than that. Um, and it's, it can be tough to have like the inspiration and the, the time, the motivation all like match up at the same time inspiration especially right now i mean unless you're writing about the inside of your own house it's really hard to get inspired or feel right. inspired and and i've had zero focus and i know that that's not i like the first four weeks we were all in i couldn't even pick up a book to read for pleasure like i couldn't do anything uh, i just i couldn't concentrate long enough to actually like take in any information that wasn't the news <laughs> mm -hmm. And then it wore off and, you know, things kind of got into a groove and I just started reading again, but to actually sit down and write anything down, like 
kudos to anybody right now. It's, it's really hard. So it's just sort of been a lot of BS here and there. And again, even if it's just a hobby and it's just, you know, something I can read back to myself, at least I know I did something that wasn't parenting. Yeah. Abby, who was our English teacher again? Can you hear? Uh, Mr. Evans. That's right. I, I want to say Mr. Everett, but that was um, Ms. Everett's husband or ex-husband. So yeah, Mr. Yeah. Everett. I had Mrs. Everett. Mrs. Everett, was, did she marry Mr. Fortas? Who married Mr. Fortas? No, that was, um, I can't remember. Hughes, that was Mrs. Hughes. Hughes, okay. Yeah. I, I remember the name, but I can't remember. Yeah, I couldn't remember what her name was before Fortas. <laughs> she was my tennis coach. I'm like, she was just- Was there Ms. Newman? I don't know. Ms. Newman, I think, was English in 10th grade. Yeah, I think so. I didn't like her very much. And then she went on one of the choir trips and she was awesome. <laughs> I don't remember. She's fun. <laughs> um, as far as writing, you guys were talking about, I also love writing. I don't, I don't write nearly as much as I should, but you guys were talking about some books. Um, what, are you, what are you guys reading? What do you, what do you want to read? Um, and I was going to ask you, Myra, what you were, what you were writing as well. Oh, goodness. Working on. You got the good stuff. Um, I am working on another, um, so I've, I've published three books, um, a novella, a short story collection, and a poetry collection. So I'm working on another set of short stories, um, very, very slowly working um, on that. It took me three weeks um, the last time I wrote it, so I, I feel like I should be able to do that the same, you know, this time around, but life is just in such a different place than it was, you know, four years ago. Um, I'm reading, currently I'm reading Dune, um, so I'm prepared for if and when the movie comes out, because um, Timothy Chalamet is my boo. <laughs> um, so I'm, and I'm not the huge, I'm actually not a big science fiction reader, um, so it takes me a little longer to get through books like that, um, because they're just not, like, just that input of information just takes me longer. Um, so I'm reading Dune, and I'm also reading, um, there's a movie, a Scorsese movie a couple of years ago called Silence, which is about two priests that um, went from Portugal to Japan, like uh, in the 1400s. Yeah, yeah, the, the Scorsese movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's based Silence. on a book. Um, so I'm, I'm also reading that. Um, which is, it's, it's, it's funny because the book is like, 200 pages long and you know I'm sure the Scorsese movie is like three hours long so it's just how he managed to bring you know three hours worth of material out of a 200 page book is impressive. Yeah um, I can't believe I ever heard of that that's really funny that I've literally yeah, never Andrew Adam Driver is one of the priests and um, Andrew Garfield yeah, two yeah. Priests. and Liam Neeson is like the older priest guy yeah, yeah it came out uh, okay, movie. I'll, look, I'll look up the year while you while you talk Abby yeah, I want to say it's like 2015, 2016, something like that, maybe. Maybe even a little more recent. You look it up. That's yeah. weird. Um, I'm not writing anything, you know, I, I'm not really sure. I have no idea what it's going to be. Short stories are my absolute favorite, but um, I don't know if that's what I would start with. Um, I have no idea. Maybe it is. Maybe it'll be poetry. Maybe it'll be literally nothing. <laughs> I have no idea. It's just for fun. Um, I'm reading right now, or I just finished uh, The Institute by Stephen King. And it, on your Instagram. It was really good. It was, yeah. I was, um, I, I, the only other King I've ever read was Thinner, and I was like 12, maybe 13, so I don't really remember much of it. I remember it being really creepy. Um, 
but the Institute was really good. I definitely recommend it. It's long. Is it like a, is it like a thriller? It, yeah, it, it's like a sci-fi, more sci-fi thriller than it is any type of horror. Like there's okay. not really, not really horrific in any way. I thought it was, I thought it was really good. I think he watched some Stranger Things and had some ideas. Gotcha. Yeah. So what is the book What's that? I was asking Gabby, she said she just finished that. So I was asking what was the thing she's reading. Yeah. Right now I'm reading Daisy Jones and the Six. Um, it's about, it's, it's about a fake band from the seventies and it's, it's almost reads like a Rolling Stone interview and it's loosely based on Fleetwood Mac when they wrote rumors, like how the band just completely collapsed, but it was an amazing album. Um, I just started it today and I'm only in like the first couple chapters. It seems pretty interesting. I don't know if, if the whole thing reads like an interview. I don't know how crazy about that I am, but I'll, I'll give it a whirl. We'll see how it, it's for a friend's book club. This is our first book. So I'm excited to talk about it. Whatever <laughs> happened with the other book club? I guess, we're on, white women. <laughs> I, guess, I guess we're on hiatus. Um, oh. <laughs> my my sister-in-law started oh, it for, um, yeah. She started it for, uh, for basically for anybody that's busy, working moms, uh, women who just don't have a lot of time, who want to read but can only read things that are kind of light or fluffy or, you know, nothing classic. We'll put it that way. And so I don't mind reading it. They're always quick reads, but some of them have just been, it's just the same book with a different title and I can't do it anymore. So when my other girlfriend asked me if I wanted to do like a, digital zoom meeting type of book club i was like yep, yep let's do that yes please and uh she, i trust her taste she has good taste so and a lot of her to be red pile looks a lot like mine so hopefully hopefully all of our choices will be good ones or at least interesting ones and not a murderous wife that's or possibly murderous wife you find it it's the husband and she's also an alcoholic and there's also some neighbor that screws up. it's just it's the same story over and over with like a lifetime lifetime movies and i don't watch lifetime so it's really <laughs> i don't like it at all <laughs> but you have been watching insecure my are you watching insecure i need to catch up i need to catch up i i i'm like halfway through season three I was watching it like on time and then season three I kind of dropped off and then I haven't seen season four so I yes it is on my list of things but I really liked the first couple of seasons I'm, I think yeah, it's hilarious we talk a little about Insecure without a spoiling for Myra I'm trying to think of how I can talk about it without spoiling it um me up. we can talk about the the, the flow of the sea of the season I I, I Without giving away too much, this season, I really wanted to see, like, I want to see Issa do well because she's she's been trying and there's just been so much, not, not just drama, but, like, there's just always some shit. And she's, she's coming up, getting it done, and then there's just, of course, something else has to go wrong. And it's, like, something that I'm actually more upset going wrong than her and, this, and her success. It's... I don't know how to talk about it without. Okay. I don't want to spoil anything. I'm a big. Winner. I'm actually not one of those people that mind spoilers. Like spoilers don't ruin don't ruin things for me. So it don't feel like you have to. I I have enjoyed the like. It's sad. Uh, I think Molly's my favorite character on the show. She's really pissing um, me off though. Yeah, but I've, I've enjoyed like the 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 exploration of their relationship, and uh, and and of her character. I think she's easily the most has the most depth. I know people love Kelly 
Um, and and no, Molly's uh, my favorite. Molly's my favorite character. That's why she's yeah. pissing me off. <laughs> yeah, but just uh, a, a, an amazingly well-written character. I mean, definitely can piss you off, but I think just a really, really well-written character. I thought the um, I thought the episode with um, you know, with the Thanksgiving one was really good. It's a very good episode. Yeah, I was. Happy. I enjoyed the dynamic of their relationship. Um, Quite a bit. That's probably my favorite part about the show. I think they do a really good job of like of exploring the dynamic of of women, especially women of color. It's just really really well written. I agree. It without spoiling too much here. Just doesn't care. Early, the very the very beginning of season four starts with Issa on the phone saying that her and Molly aren't really friends anymore to whomever she's talking about, and the rest of the season goes on as like kind of a I guess a flashback four months before. Um, and you're just basically watching their friendship sour and it's really, it makes me really sad because they're like, but they're my favorite television best friends right now because they're honest, but they're silly. And I laugh with my sister in the same way. Like we just, and there are things that I can say to her that like you could say to your best friend that might not be properly portrayed on other shows. Um, but to watch them kind of have a falling out. And I think it's sad because it's completely real life. Like that really happened. Yeah. And it doesn't get portrayed a lot or very accurately, or it's like a fight and then they're friends again the next episode or two. And that's not always how it works out. And just like, it, it feels very honest the way that, that it's being written, but it still sucks. <laughs> I hope they figure it out, but it's, it's, been, it's been hard to watch, but in a really good way, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely keep watching. <laughs> and I think that's one thing that makes the show great. Um, well, yeah, I mean, any other TV shows or things you guys been checking out recently? We kind of explore and wrap ending. up the, the, the things that make you guys the wonderful people that aren't just mothers, in addition to being mothers. Um, yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a tough, you know, that's a tough task. I mean, I, I have a list of TV shows that I'm always like watching and I like literally I have a list like a written out list and I rotate them and like when I'm finished something I take it off the list and I move something else like up in there um so there's always there's all you know there's no shortage of uh, I think the other thing to talk about like streaming services better than I can talk about like TV like individual tv shows because we have them all um I can't, I can't think of I'll have to think. Go to Gabby and I'll, I'll come back. I'll I, I have not watched anything new. Um, I ended up rewatching Battlestar Galactica because they ran a whole marathon on sci-fi. So I watched that again. It was fantastic. Um, Parks and Recreation is my absolute favorite show. I watch it every night before I go to bed. And when I say every night, I mean literally every night. Um, it's just one of those things. I think a lot of people do that with like The Office. But I, and The Office is good. I started watching The Office recently. I'm like um, just in the second season, I think. I stopped watching I know, like, like the know that everyone like people always talk about and stuff. Um, and I can't get over how much of an asshole Steve Carell is. Um, <laughs> he's like he's so it was hard. It was uncomfortable. So, yeah, it's especially because you like like when you don't know him as that to start with, and you know him as like some of the other characters he's played, and to <laughs> see him like be a dick is like oh man. Um, he's actually in a really good show uh, called The Morning Show, which is on Apple TV Plus. Um, with is it good? I haven't heard anything about it. Jennifer a, Aniston. Yeah. yeah, and he, he kind of plays like um, 
like a like an, an asshole, again like a Matt Lauer kind of character where he's on like a morning show and he gets accused of like sexual assault oh. um, and he gets fired off the show and you know and, um, Jennifer Aniston is like his co-host on the show and Reese Witherspoon is like this you know hard-hitting reporter you know yada yada it's a really good show um, but to see him be like the ball like when they kind of replay the whole um, incident that led him to being fired, you know, fired and like, uh, it's just so creepy to see anybody, but to see someone like that, who's kind of a comedic, you know, more of a comedic actor, look at that good husband, good job, Brad. Um, it's really tough, but I am also watching The Office, yeah. but that's a good show if you're looking for something to yeah. And, you know, I've been wondering about that. I don't have Apple TV, I don't think. I, I'm so bad with technology. I, we might have it. I don't know. But uh, that's been on my list because I really like Jennifer Aniston a lot. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, she won the, I think, the SAG Award for this she show. She nominated for Yeah, yeah she, she's actually really good. They're all really good. The three, the three leads are all really good on the show, actually. The Office is funny, but my very unpopular opinion is that Parks and Recreation is way funnier. I've tried. I, I've actually, I've seen maybe the first four episodes of Parks and Rec because, again, like, I know it's one of those shows that people just love, like, community and Arrested Development or, like, you know, these shows that people just, like, really get into. So I try, I tried Parks and Rec. I, I, and you know, the but, first season, you gotta get through the first two seasons. Yeah, that's it's true. I mean, then, then it's not, you know, I, and I got through them, but I'll rewatch them anytime because I still think that they're hilarious, but they're definitely not their shining moments. After season two ends, really at the end of season two it gets incredibly good but but you know it's whatever Shit's creek is another good um comedy that i'm working my way through as well which one Shit's creek. that again Shit's creek are you just trying to get me to say Shit's creek, Shit's creek. <laughs> that's funny it, it yeah just ended. I think it, um that is incredible we started watching yeah. my husband and i started watching like kind of from the beginning uh, caught up very quickly. I think we, we started when season two started, and uh, it's so good. Yeah, so I'm almost through season quotable. two. <laughs> yeah, I love David. David is my favorite character, and I just I love it when he talks. The mom is my least favorite. She gets on my nerves, at least through season two. She gets on my nerves so much, even more than the sister, which is... I'll tough. tell you, the beginning of the show, Stevie and David were my favorites, and I by... By the end of the show, um, Alexis was my favorite. Really? Oh, all right. I gotta wait for that that uh, twist. <laughs> yeah, the whole show, and I, I hated all of them when it first started. Kind of supposed to because they're so yeah. gross yeah, entitled and yeah. And um, it is incredible where they go with just some of the, the characters, like just their story arcs, just really, really good writing. So it's, it's, and I think seasons three and four are my personal favorites. So it's only going to get better, I think, for you from, from here. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's a good show. Yeah, Keenan, you should watch or at least give it a try. Yeah, I was going to ask you guys, I'll have to check that out. Did you, did you see the trailer for Space Force with uh, Steve Carell based on the same writers from The Office? It's going to be a movie, right? The Steven show. Oh, it's a show? I, I thought it was going to be a movie. Yeah, I have, I've seen the, the poster. Um, That's all I saw, too. I didn't, I didn't see any trailer. Yeah. I thought, it was, I thought it was a movie, though. It's going to be on Netflix, right? Coming to Netflix? Okay. I think so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a TV series. Ten episodes. Okay. Okay. Well, I guess, I guess that, uh, I guess what we could, you know, I think what's the next big tentpole project we're going to talk about? Harry Potter next? 
I was thinking, I have to read it. I have to, as soon as I'm done, Daisy Jones, Harry Potter, number one is my first, is my next book. Uh, Are you an audiobook um, person? No, I, I mean, I can be, but I like, I like yeah. feeling pages. It's free on, on audio, on Audible right now, if you want to listen to it instead of reading it. But I too, um, I, I process better when I read. I, I feel like I, I'd have to go back and rewind if I yeah. do audiobooks, but. Um, I can only listen to audiobooks of things I've already read before. Are they very, yeah, you know what I'm thinking? I'm probably going to read it. And then if it's free on Audible, maybe I'll just listen to it after that. So I really can't mm -hmm. get it. Um, is it long? I know they're not difficult reads. Not the first book. The first book's not. Maybe like 300 pages. Okay. So it's not very long. How many are there in the series? Seven? Seven books. Yeah. Yeah, they get longer as they go on. I want to say book seven is probably like 800 pages. <laughs> yeah, they get they get longer. They're like Game of Thrones, not quite as bad as Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is lengthy. Never but read. Yeah, they get. Oh, book four. Have you seen the series though? Like I've seen the whole Game series. of Thrones, right? Yeah. Um, book four took me a, a solid year to read because it's just so. There are no. You know how there's like the main characters of the show. You know there's John and Tyrion and Daenerys. Well, in Game of Thrones, each chapter is a different character's point of view. Okay. But book four, there are no main characters' point of view. And I learned later that book four and book five, time-wise, run concurrently. So like you read book four and it's all these like secondary people you've never heard of and like, you know, it doesn't make sense. And then you read book five thinking it's a continuation, but it's actually, you know, kind of- Overlap Things are happening, yes. So I was lucky enough to, oh. the second time I read it through, to find a, a website that um, will put the two books together um, chronologically. So you have to jump back and forth between four and five to stay like on the timeline. But um, it's definitely easier to read when you've already seen the show. All the books are easier to read when you, he didn't you know, finish kind of. Yet, did he? No, <laughs> I don't want him to finish now, because you know the the show stops following the books in season five. Like basically, okay. each book is a season of the show. Um, so when you get to season end of season, you know the book of season five, you know Jon Snow dies, and then the book stops. So like everything after that is just TV show, and I feel like you can't now put out a book. Because so, books are what really happened. You when know, when you make Snow was revived on the show that hadn't been written yet. No, that's not in the book. I didn't know right. that. Yeah. So to me, like you know, the written material is is truth. And you know, when they make TV series or movies off of books, you know, what happens in the movie is just entertainment, and what happens in the book is what really happened. But I feel like you can't now, you know, three seasons later go back and try to rewrite you know you can't change the narrative now like uh, there can't be two different universes you know yeah, where it has some to people be. die but some people are still alive you know like it's sure. no no we, we might have to, we might have to do game of thrones next actually i'm about to start rewatching it even though i know i told you i have a whole list of shit i need to be watching instead but that's what we, do. We, we go back to like the things that are you know like comfortable we just, my husband and I. I think Game. I think Game of Thrones would be a good would be good talking point. Oh, you could talk forever about. Would you, would you um, say that um, for Harry Potter, would, are the movies and books similar? Like. Yes, yes, but the the you know as you would expect, the books have just so much more you know sure, just sure. in them. I think for for discussion here, the movies would probably be better because people are more familiar with the movies and the books. Okay. Um, but for your own enjoyment read the book of course it's always read the book but um for like our you know kind of get together chatting the movies might be better content to pull from well, i can get that done easily 
I'm sad that too. <laughs> It'll take a lot less time as well. Yeah. Well, that's about all the questions I have for you both. Hope we can catch up again. Oh, 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 last question. Gabby, are, are, you, are you doing homeschooling? No. Okay. That's why, like, it really not much has changed for us other than kind of like the stir craziness, the cabin fever part. But Myra, are you doing homeschooling? How's it going? Yeah, unfortunately so. Um, it's actually not that bad because, you know, I, I have a, an almost three-year-old who's not in school, so a lot like Gabby. Um, and then, my, you know, my six-year-old is in kindergarten. And then um, I have a stepdaughter who is in eighth grade. Uh, my son, my other, my son, oldest son is in eighth grade too, but he lives full time with his dad, so they get the homeschooling. Um, and she kind of takes care of herself, you know. She's one week on, one week off with us, um, so I don't really have to do much homeschooling wise. But oh my god, kindergarten homework is kind of pointless. Number one, um, but when you have like a six-year-old who's just the most antagonistic person in the entire world and you tell them you have to do 15 minutes of homework it's like it's the worst um luckily his teachers um his teacher um they make videos to teach the lessons so i don't have to do it we can just oh, watch the teacher teach the lesson which is good and then um you know he makes his draws his little picture or you know that kind of stuff but i i think i would like it um if my kids were older I feel I like the kid on Zoom, I don't mind homework, but like kindergartner on Zoom is like trying to herd cats. Like there's only so much attention. Like you're, you can only do so much. Yeah, there is no attention span <laughs> at all, at all. Well, I look forward to talking with you guys again and reading some more of your writing. And you know, and you know what, Myra? Like you definitely. I, I I know it was sad and difficult, but I always always enjoy your post about Miles. And I, I always yeah. thought that, like, you know, that's a voice that um, and stuff that I think a lot of other women and parents just need to hear as well. Yeah, it can it can be difficult, definitely. I mean, it, it's helpful um, to write. And I, I sometimes don't know. Um, I don't have a feel for if people are tired of hearing about it. Um, you know, I, it can be a lot. Um, and of course, for, for us, you know, for me and, and my husband, it's something that's never, ever far from our minds. Um, but sometimes I feel like I'm constantly reminding people, you know, um, that my kid died. And not everybody thinks your kid is as wonderful as you do, you know. Granted, my mom was pretty awesome. Um, so sometimes I, I try to kind of walk the line between it being too much. And sometimes it's just too hard for me to, you know, kind of put it together into you know, like formal thought, but um, especially, you know, when, it, when days like what's coming up, come around, you know, Mother's Days and birthdays and, you know, Miles died on our anniversary, our wedding anniversary. So like that is, you know, super tough and it, it brings up a lot of feelings and stuff. But um, I do like writing about him. He's such a cool, you know, he was such a, he was such a good, cool dude. He just really was. I mean, I know everybody thinks that about their kids, but I really feel like he was, like a special person in the world not just for us but just for all the people that he he met um he met a lot of people more than any other 10 year old probably really you know comes across in life so um but thank you that's good to know that people enjoy listening it read my book too if you haven't okay. <laughs> I, I remember i actually do have one last question for you so um on bill simmons podcast they do uh parent quarter i'm not sure if you listen to bill simmons or his podcast so I actually was thinking a perfect way to close out this Mother's Day episode would be uh, 
funny story, a crazy story about about the kids, something that they did, something that you did as a mother or a parent, um, or just just in general, like a funny a funny Mother's Day story or a funny Damn, funny so mother. My kids obsessed with my boobs. Again, <laughs> my kids obsessed with my boobs now. It's like some weird. I don't know what's going on. I'm not prepared for it, but it's just a constant like pushing buttons. And I'm, I don't really know what to do to stop it besides, you know, trying to teach her body, body autonomy at the same time, like try not to laugh because it's funny. Like, I don't, it's, that's really, that's yeah, my house right now. I have, it, I have it. Time, all the time. And what? I didn't hear that. Just, she's a little, she's a streaker out of nowhere. It's, but she's three and a half. And now is when she decided that all the clothes have to be off all the time. She's like, Ma, I'm just gonna take off my pants. I'm like, please don't do that. They're already off, but she's in the other room. I'm like, okay. Like, um, that's that's funny that you mentioned that actually, because you know I have sons, um, you know, so it's yeah, it's the opposite. Like they're they're obsessed in a different way. They're like, why don't you have you know like we have these? Why don't you have those? Like, what is that? Ew, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so that's super fun. Um, but that, the the best part about parenting, about having children for me, and I think we kind of talked about this before, is like you know, you, you learn how, um, like, sponges kids are and how they pick up on everything. And as soon as something comes out of your kid's mouth that you always say, it's never not funny. So, like, the second, you know, I, you find you're always saying the same thing to your kids, like, you know, stop doing that, you know, like, just the different, like, phrases that we have as, you know, people that come out of our mouth often. And as soon as your kid says one of those things back to you and you're like, you can't not laugh. <laughs> because it's like, oh, that's what I sound like. And it's, it's funny. It's so funny. Just the, the amount it? of, like, personality that kids have. Is what was like, the word? What was the phrase? Oh, no, I can't say. I, you, you, <laughs> this is going to turn into the bad mom's Mother's Day episode, you know. I um, was in the car pretending to drive, and she goes, and I swear, I'm not kidding. I, I had a video of it. I think I've deleted it. Uh, sitting in the driver's seat, and then beep, beep fucking asshole i'm like oh my god i knew she got that from me definitely me and so now when we yeah. drive i try so hard and if anything and i i'm not gonna lie i don't really i don't really keep myself i don't i swear in front of my kid and it's just yes yeah, so words, yeah. i'll say them these are for adults i try to curb it but it when i try to curb it it gets 10 times worse so i just kind of have to let it go but that was the one time i'm like okay and this was like a year ago so i'm like okay she's 100 percent a sponge i have to be careful i have to try so if i if i slip up it's always with a sorry don't repeat that and i know those are mom's words so she's she's a perfect example and i'm glad i'm not the only one but yeah it would have been it would have been a four-letter word yeah my 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 six-year-old definitely at about that age definitely went through an f-word phase and would just shout fuck like in just all the time so yeah oh and almost not there yet but she's gonna wait until we're in public spaces like yeah oh yeah school next september is when it's absolutely this is the perfect note to end this on perfect note (laughs) children children cursing i love it yep hold on one second guys